0: Welcome to the new healthcare economy where everyone wins for a change. Employers, consumers, primary care physicians, outcomes, shareholders, even our communities all win with costs dropping 20 to 60%. This unstoppable direct contracting movement bypasses the big middles with their crooked game boards, devious rule book, rigged dice, and purchased referees. I'm Rob Barshop, and I'm glad you're here. What end are PBMs needed if 85% of all generics, which represents 90% of all the pharma used in America, can be bought for one to three pennies a pill? There's no middleman needed in that pricing scheme. For every $30 every 90 days, do we really need a middleman? Well, that's today's guest we're talking about. It's a subscription fee to access that that costs less than Spotify per month. That's called subscription-based wholesale pharmacy. It's a new category all by itself. And our guest created that category with his partner. So it's true, not fake wholesale. It's the real deal. 6 PMs own 96% of the PBM market, which is a giant shell game of rebates and spread pricing, which manages nothing if we can get our meds wholesale. These bloated middlemen are massively profitable tapeworms sucking the life out of the healthcare system. And that's not complex at all if you're buying your meds at one to three pennies a pill. So how big are these big middles? Well, I'm gonna quote Wendell Potter, who has a Substack on this. He was a former Cygnus C-suite whistleblower and gadfly to the bigs. So this is me quoting Wendell. The big three of the big six make more money managing Americans' prescription medications than they do administering our health insurance plans. Aetna supersized with CVS Caremark in 2017 Cigna bulked up the next year with Express Scripts, the second largest, and United's fastest growing subsidiary and most profitable division by far is Muscular Optum, number three. Together, CVS, Cigna, and United control nearly 80% of the national PBM market. And at all three companies, the PBMs now generate more profits than their health plan businesses by far. Okay, so I apologize, guys. I always, my rants sometimes (laughs) lead to many rants just blame it on the monkey brain of Ron. Okay, coming back to the one to three cents a pill. Do you need a middleman is the question at one to three cents per pill for 90% of what we take. Now, a few stats on our meds in America to so put that question in context. Seven out of 10 people take meds that are over 49. So that's a lot of people in America. And one in five take multiple meds. And to say that another way made that's more digestible is 70% of us are on one med and about half or on multiple meds. So we consume, and this is kind of the mic dropper, but we consume 40% of all global pharma sales with less than 5% of the population. What? Yeah, we are the breadbasket of big pharma. The Ukraine of the world, pharma. Again, that's my monkey brain, sorry. The big spend over $6 billion a year on pharma ads. Only two countries on the planet Earth allow pharma ads, and that's New Zealand, and USA. Is this data starting to gather like a snowball in your brain what I'm trying to say? But here's the real kicker, guys. So if I said that was a mic drop moment, this really is the real one. This meds are found called APIs, active pharmaceutical ingredients, in virtually all our waterways and lakes across the world, including mountain streams in Antarctica. In over 1,000 test sites globally, a recent study showed 280 waterways in 120 nations Um, are filled with apis dallas was the worst offending waterway of apis and we now know why because they're in america the most common in our water systems are beta blockers antibiotics antidepressants caffeine sleeping pills birth control pills and antihistamines in our tap water guys which means it's in our foods birth control contamination can and does sterilize isolated fish populations if you care more about fish than people uh, some of us do, but that's kind of interesting because you can't create male fish if you wash them in estrogen. And it has led to not just a decline, but literally elimination of some fish populations in isolated regions. So these meds, which are unmetabolized in us and go down our toilets, are entering our food supply and our tap water. So let's pull all this together, guys. Is Meds are $500 billion of a $4 trillion spent in healthcare. We are the alpha-consuming nation by far... More meds than any other nation by a fairly large multiple, which results in we are all drinking and eating these meds in our tap and fresh foods without getting to vote on the matter, because few muni systems even have APIs on their radar, much less filter it out of our water, because there are no report standards state or federally. You can't manage what we don't measure, can we? 40% of global meds are sold to 4% of the world, us, the land of the free and the brave and the heavily medicated. And PBMs are owned by the biggest of the bigs. Let's see who's on the side of keeping the status quo the status quo. So of course it's going to be the PBMs because they can't manage something that's shrinking. Big Pharma is another of the bigs that is not going to be interested in less pharma. And the carriers who also own the PBMs want more volume, not less. They're throwing in on this. And let's throw in the hospital systems who are using especially the nonprofits 503B as a profit tool, markup tool for their meds. So they're buying their meds wholesale at the same rates you can buy from our guests today, but then they mark them up for us when we get in the system. So three of the five bigs I just named like lots of meds. And at Harvard Medical School, where my daughter-in-law went to school, where my son works at one of their hospitals as a resident and then later in his fellowship, the best of the best schools do not teach walk in the sun, eat, sleep, move, and hydrate as much as pharmacology get a thing take a pill take a jab get a drip get opened up there's no money in sunshine and eating right and sleeping right and moving and hydrating optimally that's cpt code 0000 with a double zero modifier and no pre-authorization so this guest today was a real eye-opener when i brought him on the show 18 months ago where we all like to live in a future where everyone wins so dare I pick a favorite child or guest, it's not fair to the other children, but he is in the top 10% of my favorite guests I've ever had, is the right answer. Zach Zeller is the co-founder of Scriptco with a simple premise, make nothing on the meds and literally race to the very bottom. Charge instead a subscription fee of 140 12 bucks a month to access this generic formulary. Now, again, I said this is generics only. It's not the branded. It's not the specialty drugs like infusions or chemo or class one drugs like opiates. Zach, welcome back to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Ron. I appreciate the time. All right. Any comments before we get going?
1: I think you nailed the intro. You know, it's it's uh, it's crazy that PBMs still need to be included in the generic space. You know, back in the day when pharmacy benefit managers first came into fruition. It came into fruition when technology wasn't there for insurance to basically be able to adjudicate claims in real time, right? Now that technology exists, but the cancer of the PBM has not gone away because they will never let go of the juice. If
0: you took these big PBMs away from the insurance companies, they would face some other way to diversify, and GPOs aren't going to be enough juice at the bottom line. and. Uh... The other divisions, Aaron, aren't enough juice to the bottom line. So these these PBMs are just gigantic producers. I guess the only other thing that they're doing is they, they've shifted from commercial carriers to federal, I guess we can call it addiction, because they're doing Medicare Advantage. But without Medicare Advantage, without PBMs, these insurance companies would be flat to dying, basically.
1: Well, they, they run all the Part D plans, too, though. I mean, yeah. it's the exact same fox in the hen house on the Part D plans that have been managing Part D plans since Part D plans became a thing.
0: So anytime you read an article now, since I've met you and I read an article that says, we got it, we need to, we should, we, you know, we got to do this to fix the PBM problem. How do you react? Cause I know what I react. I want to hear what you would, what you think.
1: You know, there's a lot of ways to fix the PBM problem, but the only way to truly fix the PBM problem is to get rid of them altogether um, for generic meds, right? Yep. And that's just really the only solution in my opinion. I mean, there's there's again, there's zero reason for them to be living in the um, generic space. The whole reason they were built was to do prior authorizations and create formularies for drugs as they were coming out and be able to uh, you know, tier the plans, so to speak, to where the insurance company basically doesn't run out of money.
0: so what what you're saying is plan A is fix the system. I mean, you and I got on this little mini debate with a Santa Fe lobbyist a couple of weeks ago. And what he posted was a three-part federal plan to defang the PBMs. More transparency, ban the rebates and kickbacks, get rid of their dumb fees and make them disclose, adding the no value. You know, they throw in all these kickers in there. So I answered him back and copied you on it. Uh, Dude, opt out is another option. Just opt out of the PBM madness. Yeah, exactly. It's a tyranny. It's like saying... Let's fix slavery. You know, if we just got rid of the whipping post and the guy on the big hill, you know, and then just made them work, you know, regular hours um, and paid them better fit yeah, slavery's cool. Let's keep up slavery, which is actually bigger than it was when we fought for it against it in the 1860s. Yeah,
1: globally. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. But like slavery's okay. Let's just fix it. No, it this is a tyranny no different from slavery when they're sucking the light. Financial juice. tyranny. Yeah. yeah. It's a perfect tyranny. Absolutely. Okay. So when I again, when I read, we need to, we got it, we have to. I go, come on, man, just go get a wholesale pharmacy and have a small introduction to that concept of sidestepping the bigs. You don't need to fix the bigs.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. You are correct. The easiest way is for the individual HRs and self-funded employer plans and anyone who can make the change is to just opt out. Because then you're removing them, right?
0: Yeah. So would you ever buy a house that had serious foundation problems, uh, shattered roof, termite infested, mold infested, or would you just go buy the house next door that doesn't need so much work or even a teardown? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's really what this whole model is about. Easy solution. I want to play a little game here. I want to go into your pricing because I, I got excited when you sent me something six months ago, uh, maybe more than six months ago, but it talks about, your top 50 drugs is what I asked when I want to know how much it costs a pill to buy them. And I don't know if you can get to these quickly mod- and update this, but I'm just going to read the penny a pill drugs that are in your top 10 formulary. And I'm going to pronounce some of them wrong. So correct me, please. But gabapentin, penny a pill. Atorvastatin, penny a pill. Lisinopril, Carvidil. Did I pronounce that right? Car- carbidolol I've been along. Okay. Amlodipine. Amlodipine, that's right. And the last one I'll read is furosemide. Furosemide? Furosemide, yep. yep. Okay. Those are all penny a pill. I'm going to now read a few that are three pennies a pill. Again, this is a six months old. And what you've done with your pricing is you've gone direct to the pharma and said, I'd like to get your best pricing because you don't always have the best pricing and you're, you're, bringing, you're only bringing your prices down, not up. That's correct. That's correct. So since y'all started Scriptco, have y'all raised prices on anything?
1: You know, there's occasionally a medication, but I would say 99% of the medications have have either stayed the same or decreased, right? But certain supply and demand economics still play into what we're doing, right? Yes. But for the most part, again, well over 95% of the medications have stayed the same or gotten cheaper.
0: Okay, let's go into metformin is a three cents a pill drug.
1: That's down to a penny a pill.
0: Oh, it's down a penny, penny. There you go. Okay. Pantoprazole? Pantoprazole? Yep. You can see I know nothing about pharma. Deluxitine? Deluxitin. Du- Duloxetine. yeah. Okay. I feel like I'm in an informed country here. Motilukast? Motilukast?
1: Motilukast?
0: Yes. And the last one I'll read is Lissart. and This is kind of tedious for people to hear this, but the point is that the top 20 selling drugs, y'all offer virtually all of them at a penny to three pennies a pill, there's a couple that jump out that are much higher, five cents, that's way higher than a penny a pill. And then a couple of them go up to six or seven and one are, or rarely do you have something over a dollar a pill.
1: Our average 90-day supply, I think this is the best way to think about it. And, and we don't have a formula, right? Scripto is not is a non-formular pharmacy. The only thing we don't offer is controlled substances, right? So OxyContin, hydroconone, Testosterone, Adderall, um, anything that's controlled substance we don't offer, but literally... Every single generic that's ever been there that's currently available, uh, we offer.
0: Is it fair to say that most branded drugs, which represents a minority of that, which is sold but a giant portion of the overall spend because they're such good marketers, can be replaced by most generics?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's there's there is. I would say 60% of the of the brand-only drugs can be replaced by generics and maybe even higher than that 75% of the brand-only drugs. Can and be certainly
0: the best sellers, certainly the- Right, you know, and, the,
1: and, and where I was going with this whole thing is our average patient cost per 90-day supply uh, is about $3.80.
0: Wow, so, so not even four bucks. And,
1: I mean, it's, it's,
0: you don't need a PBM to negotiate a price spread between $4 and, and nothing. And,
1: and just so you know, we warehouse 1200 medications right now.
0: Okay. So you can get them overnight shipped to somebody.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, we're, I'm just saying like the, the reality is when you do math on that, the average, the average pill cost is 4 cents. Yes. And, and, and that's on 1200 meds that we warehouse,
0: right? That's freaking hilarious. Of those 1200 meds, Zach, how many represent are they, does that represent 85, 90% of the generics sold out there or is that even higher?
1: The top 200 medications dispensed in America represents 66% of all the medications utilized in America.
0: So you might be in the 80s or 90s or something even higher in your 1200s. Yeah. I mean,
1: that, that that just sits on our shelf, right? That we're shipping across 47 states every day right now.
0: Yeah. And, me- and medications have an expiration, so you can't exactly you know keep them forever, right? That's right.
1: Yeah. That's right. So yeah. We keep, very, we keep a very low hard quantity, right? So okay. we order drugs every day yeah, um, yeah. And, and they get delivered the following day.
0: Where are most meds made? Are you getting supply shipments from other countries outside of the U.S.? I no. would imagine.
1: No, we get everything from right here in the U.S. Now, you know, all wholesalers source everywhere from right here in the U.S. to Indonesia, to Pakistan, to China and everywhere in between, right? But mm-hmm. The reality is, and this is the easiest way, like I talked to my bride, uh, Amy, about this and she's like, well, where does this drug come from? Where, you know, so it's like the easiest way to help her wrap her head around it is like we all know what Chevy is and Chrysler and Dodge and Mercedes and, you know, all the car manufacturers, right? Mazda. Well, it's the exact same thing in the generic drug space. There's really only a handful. It's your Lupins, your Dr. Reddy's, your Teva, your, um, um, Oh, gosh. What's the one I'm thinking of? Anyways, there, there's really only like 15 generic manufacturers and they have plants everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. Some of them are here in America. Some of them are in other places in the world. And that's just the reality of, of the supply chain, whether you're buying from CVS or Walgreens or Rite Aid or Sam's, it doesn't matter. We're all buying GMs and Chevys and 80s and And it's really the same stuff
0: and your, your point is that a catalytic converter may be made in mexico at a plant in the border but it's still uh, an american car that's right okay let's talk about your on-time delivery it, i would imagine with supply chain we've had this little thing called a pandemic and supply chain's supposed to be all messed up for guys like you are you still able to get an order out in a, in a good amount of time that meets the necessity we ship same day same day
1: yeah our average member gets their medication four days after they pay for it
0: okay and you don't charge
1: for shipping. We give four free shipments a year. And okay. then shipment beyond that is a flat $6, whether there's one medication in there or 15.
0: Yeah, but you're filling a 90 day. So four is enough. That's right. Yeah. Um, y'all are not pharmacists uh, to, per se. Do they yeah. have a, a middleman pharmacist who's saying, well, let's go for 30 and test to see how it works. And then, you know, let's go another 90. that there, there's obviously doctor or pharmacist intervention on, these uh, prescriptions, correct?
1: Yeah. So we're, we are a functioning and credentialed mail order pharmacy, right? So we have a 3,600 square foot facility in Woodway, Texas, which is about 10 minutes from Baylor University. And um, we ship or license credentialed in 46 states plus or 47 states plus DC. Um, we are four licenses away from being able to say we're in all 50 plus DC, right? Um, so um, we have pharmacists on staff, we have pharmacy techs, we have robotic fulfillment, conveyor belts, everything's API together so um, the process is very fast and efficient right, but there's eyes on every single medication that comes through script code, throughout the process of beginning the fill to final verification.
0: Let's talk a little bit about what keeps you up at night running script code, what are the things that you would love to uh, get behind you.
1: You know, really, there's not a lot that keeps us up at night. Frankly, that our, our biggest concern in the big grand scheme of things is making sure that we've built the platform in a way that's scalable, where everyone really has an incredible user experience. Because um, someone else is going to try and compete with us and do the exact crypto model, or, or you know, pull a Mark Cuban and create something that's a little different. Um, you know, it's a what they call, uh, manufacturer cost plus 15%, which we can get into that in a second. It's not true at all. Um, but, uh, you know, really our user experience is, is paramount for us. And so, um, Mark McCormick, our CEO is an operational genius. And, um, you know, I don't think there are very many people in America who can think through problems the way he thinks through them and, Not only that, but then actually actually implement from an operational perspective with our team, meaningful solutions that people love. And, um, you know, we have 191 Google reviews. Uh, We're 4.9 stars. People love us. You know, they'll they'll sign up literally 8 a.m. in the morning and call their doctor's office. Their doctor's office gets prescriptions sent in and they have a tracking number with their meds on the way by one o'clock in the afternoon. Right. Yeah. It's just like mind blowing. Not only did I just save a thousand dollars a year, my medications literally shipped the same day my doctor sent the prescriptions in.
0: That's so awesome, Zach. I'm so happy that you're in all these states. Last time we spoke, you were in a few dozen states. And when we first met, you were in maybe a dozen states. So it's awesome to see your growth. Your customer, is that going to be any self-insured employers? Or are you not there yet? Are you mostly consumer?
1: Yeah, we're still we're still mostly consumer. We're actually on the tail end right now, Ron, of uh, Probably sixty days out, we have we have built a very um, broad B two B platform that allows associations, self-funded employers, anybody to in on a PM PM basis, um, and they can basically push in an Excel file um, and and multiple other ways to create eligibility, right? Um, where basically they're paying for the membership. Yeah then we in real time have the ability to create that membership um, within our system. So like, for example, uh, Mm -hmm. we have an association that has uh, thousands and thousands of lives that basically prompted this to happen. And what will happen is once this is live, they can literally push as many humans as they want um, into our system in real time, send them an email saying, hey, you now have a Scriptco account send your, have your physician send in prescriptions to Scriptco, and it's done, right? They don't have to pay for a membership. They have someone paying for the membership on their behalf, but they still get to experience the incredible user experience. Let
0: me me put this another way, what you just said. I'm going to translate that into self-insured employer talk. If I'm a self-insured employer, I'm a CFO or more likely a TPA listening to this show. And I want to just take the 10% of my employees whose meds represent 80% of the spend for my self-insured spend, I can get them on the script co-plan and leave the rest of the folks who are down to one or zero meds off that script co-plan. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which, which I think is really going to be your growth in the future because a self-insured market over 20,000 is basically completely self-insured. Now they don't have any insurance company they have to go. They also still have PBBMs because they're playing by the old rules in some of the games with pharmacy is such a low hanging fruit. I've learned from our benefit advisors on this show. It's such an easy way to save money.
1: Well, and and the unions too, the unions are overpaying massively uh, for their prescription benefits.
0: Yeah. If I wasn't doing what I do, I'd be selling for you guys. I think it's such a great idea. Thank you. Zach, let's talk about what are your big opportunities? Maybe we just did that.
1: Our biggest opportunities revolve around these B2B step growth changes that are, that are, that are popping up, right? Obviously, we still, the, the whole reason, that I guess it's important to mention this first, right? The whole reason we built Scripco was to help people. Right? We left an ecosystem that was making us a lot of money, right? In the traditional pharmacy space. But it just got to a point where it's like, man, You're so handcuffed by the pharmacy benefit managers and you're taking advantage of people through the monopoly that the PBM is forcing you to play in. And so we built Scriptco to help people first and foremost in a meaningful way. So with that being said, uh, we know that the B2B is going to be the biggest step growth changes, but we're never going to go away from direct consumer because we want people... To be able to have an access point that is simple, that has a great user experience, and that is literally utterly transparent. Um, so, long long story short, B two B is going to be the biggest the biggest piece of our of our puzzle, and it's the most important piece because um, that you know you can bring on one one entity that brings you a thousand lives, and you can bring on another entity that brings you ten thousand, and everything in between, and even bigger than that. So
0: yeah, I think that's your future for sure. Zach, do you think you could name a number where you think y'all will be in three to five years in terms of members?
1: Yes. Uh,
0: I mean, don't, I'm not gonna have, tell, tell your investors to turn off their ears right now because I know you're gonna get excited here.
1: Yeah, you know, w- I believe within, within the next three to five years, we'll have a minimum of a million, a million users in Scriptco.
0: Yeah, at 140 bucks, that's not a small company. That's doing, you're doing just fine by being clean, clear, and transparent.
1: Exactly. And, 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 and we're never, you know, the whole reason that we've focused so heavily on operations is again, like we want the user experience to be incredible. And the reason that mail order pharmacy has never taken off is because mail order pharmacies have always done everything backwards and stupid and people hate mail order pharmacies because they're slow. The customer service is terrible and it's just not an easy transaction. Well, we've flipped everything on its head to make it very fast and make it a very easy transaction. And so we all love Amazon, right? We want everything delivered to our door, whether it's Amazon or something else. Why haven't medications been that way? Well, it's because the user experience has been so clunky. So we know that with our platform and how it's been built, with the user experience being incredible, um, it's a, it's, we're going to win. It's just a matter of time.
0: Yeah, but Amazon has hidden fees in their in their delivery. You can price an Amazon versus, I'm just going to say an eBay, but price Amazon anything in anything else that doesn't have the livery fee built in and you are paying more for Amazon. It's all hidden fees. Oh, it's yeah. all the transport fees are all in there, buddy. I'll tell you, there's yep. nothing. I mean, it looks great to get it to your front door package, but if you just get a single item, you pay dearly for that. You do. You're correct. And that's how I think a lot of folks that are in your space are playing the ball. Can you talk about the Mark Cuban story? What's going on there?
1: Yeah. So Mark, Cuban, you know, opened his, his, uh, it's not even, pharmacy they keep calling it a pharmacy and driving crazy because it's not a pharmacy it's a website but mark cuban uh cost plus drugs is a plant that's being built right now in dallas and Bellum. um they're building an 11,000 square foot facility where they can do one medication run at a time right so they'll make lisinopril one day and then they'll clean everything up and they'll make a torvostatin and they'll clean everything up and they'll make the next drug right um, so he's manufacturing drugs, but then he also just announced about uh, three months ago, two and a half months ago, that he's opening a pharmacy. And, and what he did is he actually opened a website and he contracted with a pharmacy called True Pill in California. And he is offering what he calls um, the manufacturer price. Um, we have a really hard time believing that because we signed our first manufacturer deal in October and we know what manufacturing pricing looks like. And um, what he's offering is not manufacturing pricing. I, we, we believe that it's true pill pricing plus 15% plus a $3 um, dispensing fee plus a $5 shipping fee. And uh, he's offering, I think, 100, 150 drugs or 170 drugs now, 170 drugs now. He just...
0: True Pill just added. He'll be 400, 600. He'll grow over time. But so I'm I'm a little disappointed to hear that. The last time I got disappointed hearing about Mark Cuban was exactly one week ago today. I had dinner with a friend who got to the final round of Shark Tank. You know what percentage of those deals that they cut, they do handshakes with actually get funded? No. Less than 1%. You think that all those people are getting that 100, 300, a million dollar checks? No. It's a reality show. She was at the third round. She was about to go on the show. She said, give me 10 people who have been funded so i can talk to them they all said oh hell no we didn't get any money we got a lot of attention our website traffic mm-hmm. went way up but no they didn't give us a dime so they always have these look back videos yeah. montages where they're all happily making their little valentine cookies that's yeah. like one in a thousand it's not so it's a reality show it's not actually reality it's so, it's a fake doesn't <laughs>
1: surprise me it doesn't surprise
0: me. Two disappointing things for y'all about, in case y'all love the Mavericks, that's three disappointing things about Mark Cuban. <laughs> okay. And um, what else should we cover, Zach? What's getting you mad or happy these days?
1: Man, I guess, you know, the thing that makes me mad is that cost, that that Mark Cuban has a pharmacy. He keeps saying it. Does, even on the FAQ, does Mark Cuban own this pharmacy? <laughs> and it's like, it's a bald-faced lie. You're like, it's a th- that makes me mad. Other than that, man, I'm just... I'm just over here living the dream, uh, having a good time helping people. Uh, I talk to five to ten of our members a month, and you know it's incredibly powerful to, you know, hear how thankful they are for what we've built. And
0: okay, bring it to the human level. Give us one of them stories, Mister.
1: Yeah. So I actually this was probably I don't know it was probably six it was more than this. It was probably a year ago. Um, I was speaking to a lady who lost her benefits because she got fired during the pandemic and um went to get all of her medications from CVS and uh it was gonna be six hundred dollars and so she's like there's no way I could afford that started started googling like cheap medications and uh ended up finding us on like the third page of Google. Um and long story short her meds plus her membership all in on an annual basis will cost her 590 bucks so she gets her medications and her membership cost her less uh than for for 12 months cost her less than one month using cvs
0: incredible okay you know what question i'm gonna ask next because i asked it last time and i'm gonna give you your answer so you can't say it again okay fly banner over america what does it say last banner round one said transparency and access what's this what's this banner say
1: uh, business need to talk.
0: Okay. You're open for business. Yep. All right, man. Well, it's good to talk to another Texan and actually understand what you're saying for a change. We wish you luck in the future and we'll get you back on again in another 18 months and check your multi-million dollar progress. Cause that's exciting.
1: I love it. Thanks so much, Ron. I really appreciate you having us on the show and uh, and best of luck.
0: Thank you for listening. You want to shake things up. There's two things you can do for us. One Go to primarycarecures.com for show notes and links to our guests. And number two, help us spotlight what's working in primary care by listening on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and subscribing and leave us a review. It helps our megaphone more than you know. Until next episode.